Cyberpunk Edgerunners may just be my anime of the year. The world was downright immersive. It made me feel like I was inside of the video game. It fleshed things out in ways that a video game world just can't. The characters were all impressive and brilliant. The story was an epic tragedy that kept driving from one episode to the next. The music was bizarre, just like Night City would expect. All in all, it was about as close to perfect as I could ask for. But even more than just a delightful experience, the way that Edge Runners explored one of the best parts of Cyberpunk 2077 and the Cyberpunk universe built by Mike Pondsmith was what really set it apart. The truth of Night City is that it's a broken place. It's the tragedy that makes it so compelling. And since this is a nerdy sermon after all, I have to acknowledge that the Bible has its own fair share of depraved tragedy in its pages. For this video, we're focusing on David from Edge Runners and David, do you see what I did there? From the story of the nation of Israel, along with maybe a few others. What hope do we have that Night City may or may not have? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and logging another 20 hours in 2077 after watching the anime and having that fire rekindled. That is how you do biz in Night City. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're gonna be starting with our scripture for this one. Our scripture today is gonna be read by one of our level two members, Duck Makes Things, also known as Darian. Gonna be reading Acts chapter 13, verses 16 through 23. Coming from the NRSV UE, that's what I sent them. Uh, it's what's going to be on the screen. That's my preferred translation. But if you have a translation that you prefer to use, feel free to use that one as well. Let's hear from Duck. Acts 13, 16 to 23. So Paul stood up and with a gesture began to speak, fellow Israelites and others who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors and made the people great during the stay in the land of Egypt, and with uplifted arm he led them out of it. For about forty years he put up with them in their wilderness after he had destroyed seven peoples in the land of Canaan. He gave them the land as an inheritance for about four hundred and fifty years. After that, he gave them judges until the time of the prophet Samuel. Then they asked for a king, and God gave him Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for forty years. When he had removed him, he made David the king. In his testimony about him, he said, I have found David, son of Jesse, to be a man after my own heart who will carry out all my wishes. Of this man's posterity, God has brought to Israel and Savior, Jesus, as he promised. So let's start with the obvious. What is Cyberpunk Edgerunners and why should we care about it at all? The Cyberpunk universe has been around for decades and was originally a TTRPG or tabletop role-playing game designed by Mike Pondsmith. It's always been a contender and has its cult following, but certainly isn't on the same level of like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder. As early as 2012, CD Projekt Red had been in consultation with Pondsmith to make a video game version of the TTRPG once they wrapped their DLC for the wildly popular Witcher 3. They were so hyped about it that they first released a teaser for it as long ago as 2013. Then there was this long, weird gap before offering a trailer to raucous applause at E3 2018, then uh, E3 2019. Cyberpunk 2077. And then, there was just radio silence. It was supposed to be released in April of 2020, but then it wound up getting delayed to September, November, 
December, and then finally it does release, but it's a buggy mess. Although I still proudly flaunt that I didn't experience a crash until 75 hours in, the consensus on the game was that it was broken. After nearly a decade of hype, it failed to reach expectations, even being so unexpectedly awful that PlayStation just stopped selling it for a little while. CD Projekt Red hit the ground running with update after update correcting the issues, and nearly two years later, the game is more than stable enough to experience in its fullness, but the bridge has been pretty badly burnt until Cyberpunk Edgerunners hit the scene and relit the fire. Developed by the one and only Studio Trigger, Cyberpunk Edgerunners hit Netflix September 13th of 2022 and absolutely rocked my world. As someone that enjoyed the world of Cyberpunk and genuinely had a blast with the game 2077, it was only natural that I'd watch this show, but I didn't expect it to go so dang hard. Edgerunners is the very adult and very graphic story of a group of Edgerunners who are uh, basically technological mercenaries with particular attention to the tragic love story of our main character, David Martinez, and his muse, Lucy. Did I just say muse? Gross. Anyways, I love this story so much that I desperately want you to experience the whole thing for yourself. So rather than spoil the whole show, I'm only gonna spoil the first two episodes in this video. Like I mentioned, this is ultimately David's story. We start the season meeting the young and naive David who is a struggling slums kid trying to make it at Arasaka Academy, the most prestigious school around. His mom, Gloria, is a humble med unit worker doing her best to make ends meet to provide for her kiddo. After getting caught with illegal mods to his cyberware that allows him to complete schoolwork, David gets a one-on-one -on -one with the principal and his mom. On the drive home, they are a part of a drive-by street battle that ends up putting his mother in critical condition. In an effort to find the funds needed to provide for her, he discovers some dark secrets about how she planned to pay for his school, a stolen military weapon called the Sandevistan. Thrown off by this, David returns to school and is harassed and abused by one of his classmates. And then whenever he gets back from being bullied, he learns from the doctor caring for his mother that she has died of complications. Outraged, David chooses to have the Sandevistan equipped to his own body, a procedure that would unquestionably kill him, but of course there are 10 episodes, so it doesn't. Now with superhuman abilities, David goes back and annihilates his school bully, which of course gets him expelled. Later, wandering around the city, he meets his star-crossed lover, Lucy. Oh man, that's actually, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty good joke. Lucy agrees to take him on as a net running partner and show him the ropes. However, after using the Sand Devastan for a few times, it ends up taking a real toll on his body and the doctor who equipped him with the device originally tells him to not use it more than a few times a day. Lucy invites him back to her apartment and things seem to really be looking up for David. They watch a brain dance of the moon for a while and romantically talk about how she dreams of going to the moon someday to live. It's intimate. And David is wondering if this is the first night of the rest of his life with this perfect dream girl. Then he learns that she drugged him, and this was all a trap for her work partner, Maine, to get back the sand devastation that David's mom stole. Oops! Isn't that great? Come on, I mean, that is absolutely preem level writing and storytelling. Let me assure you, it only gets better from there. Watch this one for the art alone if you want. Even if you don't care about cyberpunk one bit, it's made by Trigger. It's just, it's excellent. But the story itself ain't nothing to shake a stick at. What makes this even cooler is that the devs actually added in new quest lines to Cyberpunk 2077, where you learn the story of David Martinez as a kind of urban legend in Night City. In our passage for today, Paul is presenting the overarching story of the Bible leading up to Jesus, marking on the familiar touchstones that any respectable Jewish person would know extremely well. Fellow Israelites, Paul says, listen, you know that God who freed us from Egypt? And everybody's like, yeah, I remember that God. And he's like, and then you remember that God gave us Canaan, the promised land. Yeah, the crowd's like, yes, 
We love that guy. Super cool. And then we got judges and prophets, right? Oh yeah, dope stories. We love those stories. And then we wanted a king. We got Saul and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we got Saul. Saul was okay. And then we got David. Yeah, oh, we love David. They brought right back into it. Remember that prophecy about Jesse's lineage that would pass through David? Yeah. It came to fruition. Jesus is the guy. But then you actually kill him. Uh, but he's back and ascended because he is the true Messiah and Savior. This speech by Paul is an instance of the way that Jewish people were brought into the faith through Jesus Christ. This was a story that had been passed down. This was the expected eventuality where everything was headed. Sure, they all viewed it in different ways here and there. Some people thought Jesus was going to be more of a warrior king than the peace king that he came as. But ultimately, this was where things were supposed to end up with this Messiah guy. So Paul doesn't actually start with Jesus, but instead replays the highlight reel of the greatest hits of David, of Samuel, the judges. And he doesn't just mention the good stuff. He says, yeah, we were freed from Egypt. But we also wandered for a long time and people died and Saul wasn't exactly Mr. Popular. What he's ultimately playing to is the familiar pathos of the crowd. The story of the Israelites is a story of hardship and trouble. It's a story of death and devastation, a story of waiting and worrying, of genocide and salt pillars. It's a story that the Israelites took with themselves in spoken lore for centuries. Aren't offshoots of religion and culture still really that way? I mean, what else is a holiday other than a reminder of the past, the good, the bad, and the ugly? The good news from Paul is that there is evidence of something new. The story is progressing. We're at the end of the story of the Israelites. With Jesus, the end has come, and the story of the hardships and lineage have come to a close. Now all are welcome. Christ died not just for the Israelites alone, but for the world, not just for the ancestors that came out of Egypt, but for Egypt too. In this way, Paul is building off of the urban legends like David and the Judges in order to bolster and reinforce the fulfillment of all of it. Despite the tragedies and downright awful circumstances taking place in David Martinez's life, I see a similar thing being done in Night City. Night City is a place of debauchery and division with serious brokenness inside it. But there is hope that happens on the streets with strong urban legend-like characters like David. As evidenced in the cases from 2077, David is a big enough deal to be a legend to V, our tough-as-nails protagonist in the video game. The bad times still happen for David Martinez and for V, but they're headed somewhere. They're being written as the stuff of legend. Where will this legend go? Is there hope for the future of Night City? I'm afraid all of that is locked up tight in Mike Pondsmith's brilliant brain, but it's there somewhere. In the gospel, fortunately, we get to hear the fullness of the message. We get to know that the hard times were fulfilled with Jesus. Things were for something. The Savior did provide. But with that in mind, what does any of this actually mean for us today? Well, the good news is exactly that. Paul is telling these Israelites the truth of Jesus to spread the joy of a Savior. Good news. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. In the meantime, it's unwise to assume we won't have more hardship or challenges. We are held in a grace only made possible because of the lineage of David that was offered by Paul to this group of Israelites. The grace of Jesus is timeless. It's a message of hope. When exploring and enjoying a world as dark as cyberpunk, it always helps to allow it to serve as a opposite, as something with which we might be able to compare our own stories to. Find hope in the promise that Jesus is the fulfillment of a long history of legends. It's not just bad stories with bad endings or good stories with bad endings. There is the greatest ending coming. Maybe a helpful practice might be to consider who have been your hallmark urban legends? What are the touchstones of faith 
along the path for you personally? How are they inevitably leading to Jesus? These are the questions we can offer ourselves as we consider the words of Paul. And we'd love to tackle those questions with you Wednesday mornings over on our Twitch. If you don't know, we're actually hosting sermon talkbacks where we're taking questions and engaging with these sermons. We're watching them together and then weighing in on them live on Twitch every single Wednesday at nine o'clock Eastern in the morning. If you would like to join us for those, we would love to have you to engage with these deeper. Maybe you watch the videos and you're like, I really want to have more dialogue about this. We want you to come and talk about these things so that we can learn more about you. We dive deeper into these things because we want to ask the important questions of where we've been, where we're headed, and why Jesus matters in the grand scheme of things. Because at the end of the day, I don't expect every single one of you to believe in Jesus day one. I don't expect any of you to like church. People have been hurt by church. I get that. And so what I want is to offer a place where we're able to enter into these conversations and talk about Jesus within the frame of these games that we love. I can't imagine anything that would be much more raising of the hackles of most of the Christians that I know than the world of cyberpunk. But I play these games, I like these games, and I want to talk about them with you. So whether you are an Arasaka, a nomad, or consider yourself a street kid, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church, no matter who you are or where you find yourself. We're glad that you're here. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your days to join us on these weekly deep dives. If you want more of what Checkpoint Church is offering, we are streaming almost every single day of the week, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and almost every other Friday with our podcast. And then we are also always on Discord 24-7. So if you want access to either one of those, I'll link both of those down in the description down below. Quick question for you. What video game would you like to see an anime be made into? Cyberpunk really just kind of, I don't know, it nailed it. I think that it did everything exactly as I would would have wanted it to have been done. It felt like I was playing the game. It genuinely felt like I was in the game and I can't imagine a better example. So what would be the game that you would pick to have converted to an anime? Bonus points if you can tell us the studio. Trigger is pretty good, but hey, there are others out there. With that, we're gonna end this video as we always do with our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you, we want community with you. That's what we're doing here on YouTube and Twitch and Discord. And number three, we believe that you, yes, you, no matter who you are, you matter. You're a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are out there. Folks, with that, until the next time that I see you, whether it be over on our Twitch this week, on our Discord right now, or maybe next week, same time, same place for another one of these nerdy sermons. I look forward to seeing you then. Till then, bye-bye! I can't believe it. Well, actually I can. I already knew she was going to ask. I'm just Josh and I'm a, <laughs> I'm a chronic liar. I'm actually a pathological liar, children. I can't be honest with you. That's why I brought you three these town maps. Take them with you. If only I could be honest. These aren't town maps. They're menus to the restaurant. What restaurant you say? I own a restaurant. I'm lying. They are town maps.